0: The views and opinions expressed on WXOJLP are solely those of the original hosts of their respective programs. These views and opinions do not necessarily represent those of Valley Free Radio Incorporated, its volunteers, or any other hosts, guests, or programs on this station.
1: Good evening, and welcome to Civil Politics. Here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP, one hundred three point three FM, out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm Michael Dow. I'm hosting tonight. We're joined by special guest. Um, <coughs> actually, how is your name pronounced? Hanuman. Hanuman. Hanuman, Hanuman. Hanuman Goldman. Hanuman Goldman. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, as well as our usual uh, uh, right-wing sniper. <laughs> <laughs> hey there. <laughs> and uh, Mr. Roberts running the board. Oh. <laughs> So, uh, we're going to be talking uh, with Mr. Goleman about uh, his uh, candidacy to be a city councilor in in Northampton for Ward 7. But uh, before we get to that, I do just want to mention a few sort of important little housekeeping details. Uh, For one thing, we love to hear from all of our listeners, and you can reach us in a few different ways, including even during the show, because you know, John was keeping an eye on the on the boards there. So you can email us uh, civilpoliticsradio politics radio at valleyfreeradio.org, tweet at us at civilpoliticsfm, and Facebook at us, facebook.com slash civil politics radio. We do also have our own website, which is quite simply civilpoliticsradio.com. Uh, which has recordings of previous episodes of the show, uh, some supplemental episodes that we've done. Uh, John and I just did another one last week, and uh, yeah, links to things we talk about and all kinds of good stuff like that. Uh, while we're talking during the show, Johnra does try to post links to things uh, to Twitter and Facebook using the hashtag Civil References to make it easier for those of you scoring at home. Uh, yeah, so. Uh, Hahnemann. uh welcome to Civil Politics. Thanks.
2: So uh, glad to be here.
1: Yeah. So uh, I think before we get into the second half of the show was when we're going to talk about like some specific stuff to do with um, Northampton and its politics and why you're the man for the job and mm. so forth. Um, but before that, uh, while we were chatting before the show, one of the things you talked about was uh, that you thought sort of the idea of... Of people being able to discuss things civilly is like critical to the whole idea of democracy, and that sort of that's uh, uh, one of the reasons why you wanted to come on the show, (laughs) and absolutely, and and one of your values. And it seems to me that uh, that's been a a theme that's been reinforced for me in this in this past week in the news uh, because of uh, well a few things, but the one that I've I've been reading about and that has been. I don't know, resonating strongest for me has been the, uh, I- the issue of, uh, representatives, Ilan Omar and Rashida Tlaib, who are planning to travel to Israel, um, earlier or next week, I guess, and being denied visas. So, uh, apparently because of their support for the, uh, uh boycott, boycott uh, divest and sanction movement directed at Israel over its treatment of Palestine. Uh, so, uh, you know, I mean, there. on the one hand, Israel's a country. They can say who doesn't come in. But on the other hand, y- you know, I, I... And if you don't want to weigh in on this one, it's totally fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I'm yeah. happy to weigh in. Uh, yeah, and Sue, so feel free to actually... <laughs> Get out way in, two. <laughs> uh,
0: well, I just you know, he's, he, it's like Northampton politics versus the is you know the Middle East is. That's a good way to. It's it, not a hot
1: button uh, issue. I don't know why anybody. Yeah. <laughs> if, See, we're going to test
0: your ability and your emotional IQ on this pretty, one. The, the, the piece wanted. about
2: this whole situation that uh, is particularly um, distasteful to me is the president of the United States mm-hmm. uh, restricting the. Movement or advocating for the restriction of the movement of of uh, anybody in the states, but rather uh, in this in this case, uh, an elected representative uh, at the national level seems uh, completely counterproductive, uh, counter to uh, a working government, and uh, uh, inappropriate. Really inappropriate.
0: Even as a Republican, I'm horrified that would do that, and that Israel would respond the way yeah. they did. Yeah, it's like where's freedom of speech yeah. <laughs> in this country and
1: there? Yeah. Well, it, especially because as far as I can, it, it seems to me that the whole point of this was uh, Trump attempting some attempt, some form sort
2: of sort of Payback. gotcha. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. Like, like this is this is about petty spite as opposed he's to
2: he's f- he's finding ways to be mean. Yeah.
1: He
0: uses every lever of power that he can possibly find. He does. And people cave to him. That's what I don't get. I just don't understand why people I, don't. I don't, I,
1: do you, I don't know that uh, 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 Benjamin Netanyahu's regime is caving so much as accepting an opportunity. Well— You uh, remember uh, 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 Mr. Netanyahu did come to the uh, United States a few years ago during Obama's presidency and addressed— uh, the republicans in congress yes um despite yeah obama the, yeah. well o- obama yeah. hadn't officially invited him yeah so congress did it yeah. yeah
0: so here let me just put a little different spin on it because i saw peace i haven't watched c-span in a few days because of my cable company Um, Who will rename (laughs) Nameless. So I'm totally withdrawn from C-SPAN. I love C-SPAN, so I I have an addiction. But on another... But you don't want to cast any
1: aspersions at a communications company. No, I will not do that. C-SPAN
2: does have a great app that I use all the time.
0: Yeah, and and I, I probably should have found an alternative, but, you know, I'm... Anyway, I'll leave it at that. But another way what, you don't want to carry
1: around an information <laughs> gathering device with you all the time. Smartphones are <laughs> wonderful. I have
0: my dumb phone. Thank you very much. So, but a different, a different news channel and a different avenue. I heard this person made a really good argument, and they said Netanyahu's going to be—he's up for election in three weeks. His yep. whole argument is that he has a great relationship with the U.S. Mm. and is Trump's best buddy, mm-hmm. and Trump actually gave him a little bit of a shove because they'd already agreed the two Congress people could go. Mm-hmm. And when Trump said, I don't think you should let him go, it shows weakness, that to some degree Netanyahu got sort of thrown a curveball because he mm. had to either stick with his guns or show that he's really tight with Trump and that they're working as one. I mm-hmm. thought that was a really interesting argument that that Trump basically just flipped the, flipped the card over on him.
2: That's a tough spot for yeah. For Netanyahu. So
0: very different than you know they're just all in cahoots. It's more like Netanyahu had to show that he was strong and powerful, and Trump basically called him on letting them in because he had he had agreed that they were it was fine for them to come in.
1: President Trump does seem to like to do that to sort yeah. of force people to to make some kind of move because he's put them in a, a an unenviable position. So it's like they can either sort of give him what he wants or else. They lose a little bit of something. He's yeah. a
3: deal maker. He makes deals. Yeah. He does
0: uh he does deal things.
1: Yeah, that's that's dealing all right. He did he does
3: uh he does deals and he makes them and they're and they're the best deals ever and he has a he has a very good brain.
2: <laughs> it sounds like he more tells deals. He tells people what the deal is. That's yeah. Yes. I think he saw a weak spot
0: with <laughs> Netanyahu and he just kind of he just he just pushed him onto his left foot well for it, a second. it's it somehow a different opinion, I'm, but I'm
1: thinking of three years ago when he and Mitt Romney had dinner and the the smug look on Trump's face that like, well, you know, now gotcha. that I've won, Romney wants to want yeah. something and I'm just gonna yeah. you know the whole The whole point was to be seen and to, to rub it in Romney's face, I think. yeah,
0: and to diminish Romney, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, which Romney went along with, so you know there I you guess, go, I like, guess
0: it was worth it to him,
1: y- yeah, well, and i i i I do in fact think less of Mr. Romney because of that,
0: well, you know, sometimes when people are gracious and you know sort of don't call people on bad stuff, you know, like there's there's a weakness in that to some degree, I mean, do you want to be? the person that you know hits him back or do you want to be the person that you know ignores it and carries on and I, you know I don't know what to say about that because right now our, our government seems to be kind of a you know take take any
1: punch you can if you can get away with it well what do you think about the um, I, I think that that connects to the two uh, discussions I see all the time on you know Twitter and Facebook and uh, sort of yeah, op-eds in our society and even just in casual conversation sometimes about uh, Call out culture, you know the idea is like, you know, uh, don't that, you know, don't use that term anymore. It's 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 actually kind of insulting, and people haven't been saying it, but you know, don't refer to you know transgender people that way, or don't refer to gay people that way, or don't use that term for people of color anymore. You know, how and only
0: the group itself can actually. Sort of right. It has a a
1: different valence when depending uh, who the you know uh, yeah you know if 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 Spike Lee or or Samuel Jackson or or Barack Obama you know uses the N word in some context than if I do and it's just. Yeah, You know, or, just that, that difference cannot be ignored. Or
0: there was a time, I don't know if it's still true, but when I was younger, if somebody else called a lesbian a dyke, it was an insult and they would fight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. but if they called themselves, it was okay. So it's sort of a funny time, and I'm really glad we have our guests tonight because I think this is one of those things that I think people are really struggling with.
1: But that, that whole, uh, the whole uh, about my, my point is that, like, that's call-out culture in a way. That is people saying, like, calling people out and saying, like, hey— don't disrespect me like that, and it—it's. So is Trump
0: oh, doing that? Are you making the argument that Trump? I'm, did I'm that?
1: arguing that Trump doesn't. That Trump and his supporters are complaining about uh, when people do that. But it, he does it, oh, doesn't he, he? Sure, he he do, all okay. the time tries Sorry. to tries to tries to sabotage people and uh, uh, you know belittle them and get one up on them and stuff like that. But you're saying like you know people who are like well you know I'm going to try and be civil and let the etiquette go and you know uh, uh, I nobody's
0: think, doing that right now is what you're saying.
1: <laughs> I'm saying people are doing uh, yeah. some people are doing that and they're they're on the right, but uh, like Mitt Romney. But uh, just you you know like the more people don't do that, the more people don't sort of say well you know it would be uncivil or indecorous or whatever, to make a fuss right now, so I'll just let it slide. The more people refuse to do that, the more angry, honestly, right-wingers seem to get. <laughs> I think this gets
2: really to some of the core uh, education that we have both in childhood and in adulthood. Mm-hmm. Uh, we aren't taught how to treat each other well in any any fashion, any... Uh, any agreed upon you didn't fashion, have one of those grandmothers certainly. that <laughs> well it's, it's pretty all over the board'll <laughs> yeah, we'll say good that point. and uh, uh, you know our grandmothers were education was also all over the board so uh, it's it's empathy it comes down to uh, understanding and respecting other people and uh, call out calling somebody out absolutely takes uh, y- you have to feel safe enough to do mm-hmm. that in that moment mm-hmm. and uh you have to feel uh like you have the agency and the power in your own life mm-hmm. to do that and uh, not everybody feels that in every moment
1: no well, uh, that's and, that's true yeah. so, so it's interesting so you're seeing this more as an example of like an internal dynamic like people aren't being encouraged to be empathetic enough
2: i think people don't uh don't really. Well, we don't have empathy in most educational systems. It's not a. It's not a. A taught uh, competency, hmm. uh, but the the way that uh, empathy works is by understanding uh, each person's humanity, and uh, and I, I think that this is one of the core pieces that we need more of in society.
1: I don't disagree at all Um, but it's interesting I was thinking about this more in terms of a a matter of God I'm gonna sound dumb but manners and etiquette and formality
2: that's a part of it yeah
1: Um, Yeah. that feeling empathy giving a damn about other people is is uh, I think the critical ingredient to make us people to make us humans but at the same time uh, these, you know, like lessons in like how to say please and thank you and all that stuff uh, gives us a form for doing that, tells us how to do that. And I think it's, um, I think there are plenty of instances where people who uh, are certainly capable of feeling empathy and want to feel empathy, but don't realize that they aren't and don't realize that how they're conducting themselves Mm -hmm. means that they aren't being empathetic. They aren't being kind and considerate in the way that they think they are. And they... And then when they're brought short, it's like, "Hey, wh- why are you calling me that?" Something's like I, uh, you know, they don't know how to deal with that. I mean,
2: yeah, and, and I think you're you're pointing to something that's really crucial here. Is uh, it's not if we call people out; it's how we call people out. I, I mean, I well, I, I'll I'll take that back. It, 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 we have to uh, we have to be able to talk to each other about difficult things, things that we encounter in the moment. Uh, things that we recognize in others, but we aren't taught the skill set to communicate those things in a way that they can be received. And if we just call somebody out, uh, if they don't hear it in a way that they can internalize that message, then suddenly you've just shut somebody down and their views are deeper entrenched inside themselves and uh, you haven't achieved your own goal of uh raising awareness so Hmm. having those uh communication skills i think is critical and that's another thing that we're not really taught in in schools certainly we used to have classes on how to uh orate and uh how to communicate but it's really few and far between when schools include the that in their curriculum now
1: that's well that's true i i think there's a difference though between learning how to deliver an address to an audience and actually learn how to listen and interact and communicate.
2: Absolutely, so, so, yeah.
1: Sue, are you, sorry. No, I could, I'm just thinking, sorry. Yeah, I'm no, just, I couldn't uh, tell if uh, that look was like, shut up, Mike, let me
0: talk. <laughs> no, I'm still thinking about my lack of c span. So, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I was listening very carefully. Um, well, if I, you want to see etiquette on this, C-span <laughs> yeah, is where yeah, to go. <laughs> yeah, actually, they sit there in the most, you know, trying of times. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, and just that sort of thought process about... Uh, Still calling somebody out, you know, being polite, but still calling them on something in a way that they can hear it. And, um, you know, going back to Trump, I think he takes great pleasure in, like, really surprising you and shocking you and you know forcing an error there used to be all kinds of books in the 70s about winning by intimidation mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the three-minute manager and how to that's stay right. ahead of your that's employees that's how he thinks he wins yeah, yeah. and yeah. that's a, that's a whole if body you can force of
1: the other person to speak first you win yeah that,
0: all yeah all that tactics putting your feet on the desk you know making the meet in your space and not you know all that stuff that's their tactics but yeah. but it's interesting because you actually lose the
2: other person it's really misguided yeah. it's very misguided and, and this really gets to uh, what got me running for, for city council in the first place, which is that I feel like we're all in this together. And uh, we can pass all the laws and resolutions that we want to to make society better uh, in our image or whatever we think that might mean. But if we, don't, uh, if we aren't able to communicate that well and bring uh, everybody with us, and this sounds like pie in the sky, I know, but the more people that we can bring with us, uh, the stronger that will be, the more deeply ingrained in society that change will be. And I think uh, something like civil rights is a perfect example of that, where you have laws that have passed that uh, mm-hmm. have changed some some processes. And that definitely affects uh, people's awareness, but But there are still so many people that have not internalized that understanding into their own uh, world, their own personal world. And And we see examples on the news every day Situation. Yeah, Yeah. Um,
1: And that's, uh, I think, I think one of the, I think one of the, the central sort of political schisms in our society right now, in the U.S. especially, but I think. There's you can see this in other countries, too, is uh, that there's sort of a fundamental disagreement about what those values mean and how they're expressed. Like, what does it mean to say, like, well, you know, like, you know, like racism is bad, so I don't see color. It's like, okay.
0: That's, that means you don't see the person is that what well, you're implying <laughs> well
1: yeah and and that also that means that means you're saying like the way to deal with racism is to ignore it is to is to is to shun it like you know it's it, it's it's spilled the soup at the dinner table so
3: um i just want to we had a question from a listener about oh great uh, if if what we're talking about is respectability politics or not
0: I don't know what that is. Yeah, what is that? Uh,
3: respectability term? politics is is taking being respectful to to others, and taking that into taking that into a larger account than it needs to be. Uh, for example, um, if someone says something racist to me, then if I'm into respectability politics, I would I would go to them and say, "Hey, let's let's talk about this. Let's just." You know, and uh, that would that would be the expected response instead of me saying, dude, no, don't do that. You know, and uh, we need to be really careful to not focus so much on the way that we communicate uh, in terms of uh, blunting a blow when it when it doesn't need to be. Uh, and we need to make sure that when we, when we communicate, the other person hears it, but they, it's not, they don't hear it as a, a concession. They don't hear it as a, uh, one, they might hear it as an attack, but we, we can't be too meek about, about communicating these, these issues. Uh, because if, if someone says something horrible, uh, you shouldn't that you shouldn't respond to them as if it was a faux pas you know
2: sure yeah uh, um, i think that you can be strong and respectful uh, in the same message uh, i i don't i mean i'm i'm sure that people uh, tend to some some people have a tendency towards uh overvaluing the uh, uh this etiquette piece of it but it really depends on what your goals are in communicating. And if you if your goals are to actually have somebody hear you and actually have somebody uh, consider or reconsider the ways that they're thinking, then you have to make a connection with them. And uh, they also have to feel uh, able to receive... that they, they can't be closed down or else they won't hear you at all. So... There has to be that connection.
3: There does have to be that connection. Um, the The respectability politics is usually um, in self policing in uh, in different marginalized groups. Um, so uh, we need to really, really, really uh, take that into account. Uh, and uh, like, if I yell at someone that called me the N word. Um, then in respect with respectability to politics, someone else would c- come up and say, like, you shouldn't yell at them. You should talk uh, to them. Yeah. You should you should bring them in. And in some cases, yes, you should. You should. Uh, but in some cases, uh, like I said, if you if you respond in a way that you were taking their feelings into account too much, then it sounds it, it would sound like a concession Mm-hmm. Uh, to this person it would sound like they were uh, that they won because you are coming to them hat in hand and saying like look, look that's that's not okay
0: did you, know? you um, do you all remember when Kamala Harris took on Biden mm-hmm. in the debate mm-hmm. she was very respectful yeah and but she wouldn't let him off the hook yeah and some people were very critical of her but I thought yep. she did a pitch perfect that is respect yeah. yeah.
3: people being critical uh, because she was like look you're I, I know you're a senator and I know that you're you're like this. I don't think you're a racist, but you did this and was that was not hurtful. okay. Yeah. And I want you to know that. And when other people come up to her, especially like in the in the black community, that this is a thing, especially with older um people in the black community versus younger, uh the respectability politics thing comes up a lot because during like jim crow or during the 60s uh if you went too hard on someone you would get killed Mm. so uh this is something that's literally killed yeah 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 yeah, hung or something so that's this is something that's been taught and i mean i kind of experienced that uh, uh in my youth um so when people uh were criticizing her that would be the issue that they're that uh people struggle with Mm -hmm. oh no Um, pick
0: on that joe biden he's just an old gentleman well no not (laughs) just
3: like don't pick on him saying like you were you were too rough on him you know you should if you if you yeah you have to you have to be careful you have to uh pull back a little bit or else he won't understand you and things like that like but if you you need to communicate in a way that um if you are debating someone if if someone says something horrible, you need to communicate that in a way that uh uh that that shows that they they are clearly in the wrong, not that they themselves are monsters unless they're monsters some people are monsters but uh usually that's not the case so they said something bad you shouldn't make them feel like they're the dregs of society, but you also shouldn't coddle them. And
0: diminish yourself. And
3: dimi- yes, and diminish the point. Yeah. yeah. You shouldn't you shouldn't hide the point behind um, trying to explain things.
2: Yeah, I completely agree with yeah. that. And and that is a really good example. So, uh, she did she held her ground yeah. and she was respectful at the same time. And she was and, very clear. And I think uh, I think Joe Biden got it.
0: Did you hear what he, what he said a, at the second debate? to her he went on the stage
2: and oh talk. god At the, before they started
0: wanted to smack him and he said take it easy on me kid
1: yeah oh
0: and i thought well that fits right into what you just said was that he's mm. he's basically saying hey you know i i can have done that and not own it but you you need to take it easy on me i think it was more uh it was she was One, it was too familiar.
3: Two, he was putting her down. It was demeaning. It was demeaning and it was uh, like it's it's patronizing and it was um, infantilizing Mm -hmm. Uh, calling a fellow senator kid. And that really. And again, I will always say this. Joe Biden is a master politician. He is. Um, he is amazing at taking situations and putting it and and pulling it back onto him and making sure that he can get his point in. And this is a way that you can say, like, Oh, t- take it, take it easy on me, kid. Like, oh, I'm joking, but look, you're you're younger than me, and you're not as experienced as me. So you need to back off. That's basically what what I heard when when he said yeah, that. I heard that very badly, too.
2: I, I just want it's to terrible. say thanks to whoever offered the, respect- the poli- respectability politics. That's that's great. Yeah. Thanks for adding that to the conversation.
1: We have some really smart listeners, yeah. which is good because we don't always have a smart host. Um, all, all our uh,
0: listeners are very smart.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Not just some. But I, I just want to... Uh, Depending on the topic. Yeah, and we're going to take a couple of... a uh, couple you uh, are going to take a couple of breaks <laughs> in a minute. I mean, we're going to take... Uh, ooh, English. <laughs> but uh, I would just like to... Uh, it seems to me that one one element of this is, uh, and I'm the one who brought up the idea of like etiquette and manners and whatnot earlier, <clears throat> and um, uh, I think think those can be important uh, in a society because they sort of provide a, a scaffolding, like like a trellis on which the rows of 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 discourse can then blossom. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, it it makes that possible in a way that would know, that that you know otherwise you just get this chaotic mess of tangles and thorns but uh, at the same time uh, I think respectability politics is a great example of how uh, etiquette can be a club used to bludgeon people when there's an imbalance in social power Um, because you know you're afraid of somebody shooting you if you call them out for saying hey don't call me an n-word and I think Part of the reason why people were upset about Kamala Harris, who I, I agree did exactly the right thing uh, in the first debate, uh, you know, it's like on some level you're you're treating Joe Biden like you're his equal, and it's like, oh,
0: um, uh, <laughs> you know, I think they are.
1: <laughs> so yeah, and and I, I would be really curious to know what Senator Harris herself thought of that brief interaction with uh, Mr. Mm. Biden. Before the, the start of the debate, uh, the start of the second debate, I, there's a there's a great phrase. I don't remember who said it, but the idea that like true communication is only possible between equals. Hmm. So the idea of like you know uh, uh, when there's a power imbalance, you can't really communicate, and etiquette just sort of serves to sweep things under the under the under the rug. Uh, but in a more equal relationship, etiquette can help you both find a way to sort of navigate through something that. You know something that could be fraught you know a potential emotional conflict so that it's diffused uh i do wonder um because it's interesting like i didn't hear that in the way that you did even though hearing you all say that i'm like oh yeah no that totally makes sense yeah joe biden might well have just been a total jerk there
0: oh in the second debate in the second debate when he said go easy on my kid yeah whispered. um uh
1: one the possible way to read that though and I don't know if that if, if that's what he truly intended or if that's how she took it. But it's sort of like the man, you messed me up on the first one. Well, you know, <laughs> here we go for round two. Uh, you know, for our, the second game in our playoff series, and don't hey, knock man, me out in the hey, first hey, round. <laughs> hey, man, hey kid, you know, like you, you got on a really good one last time, but go easier on the old man this time. Uh, you know, it could be sort of friendly joshing between fellow competitors. But, I think
2: Biden's a little smarter than just that. I think he understands I, the words that he says. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah,
1: I I I I I don't want to defend Joe Biden. Have you, have <laughs> no you should. Um I just
3: wanted before we took a break I just wanted to I found her response mm-hmm. or I it, Thank you. um uh she was on Anderson Cooper. Uh she was talking to Anderson Cooper uh uh she uh I she said, I didn't really think much of it, about it. Senator uh, Harris says about Joe Biden's go easy on me, kid comment to her. We're both on that stage running for president. Nobody's going to define me on that stage.
1: That Trump. thank you for him. Um, right. Yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> Biden, I I'm take the last word here. Biden knows go what ahead. he's doing. He's a he's an excellent speaker. He's a good politician. I'm not. That is not. compliment I'm giving him right now Uh, so um, and (laughs) I think someone runs for office (laughs) well I can yeah and I can and I can say this because I'm kind of the same way in that I think about everything that I say Mm. I try to I try to word things in a way that will drive a point home and I do that and sometimes I do that subtly uh, and I can recognize that and he totally does that all the time so if i would be really surprised if he was only joking even if it even if if he didn't like realize it but that is uh the way the situation that that happened in the way that it happened that is really masterful in in uh belittling someone without belittling belittling them
1: mm-hmm Interesting. Well, uh, you are going to have the last word on that because we're going to take a short break right now.
3: Game recognizes game.
1: <laughs> uh, okay, I don't know what that means, but we're going to play some PSAs, promos, and station IDs. Uh, but you're listening to uh, uh, Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts, and we'll be back with more civil politics in just a couple of minutes. So don't go away. We'll be right back. VFR listeners, this is Bob Baylo. I'm at the controls in the VFR studio every Monday morning from 6 till 9 a.m. I play music and I talk. And I give the time and temperature. Also, I drink a lot of coffee. Then I go home. But I faithfully return every Monday morning, 6 till 9 a.m., on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP, Northampton.
2: It's important to make sure your family has a plan in case of an emergency. We talked to this family to see if each of them knew where to meet if they were not together when something happened.
3: If a natural disaster happened and we were outside the home, we would all meet at the park. That's our meeting point.
2: I'm meeting places at our neighbor's house because she is my mom's good friend. We all have a meeting spot, which is a bus stop. Is your plan any better? To learn more about making an emergency plan for your family, go to www.mass.gov slash MEMA. Brought to you by the Ready Massachusetts U.S. Department of Homeland Security and the Ad Council.
3: Football is a sport that unites fans, players, and coaches alike in a spirit of competition and camaraderie. Football season has come to our area, and while you're watching a game with friends or sharing in the excitement with family, be sure to celebrate responsibly. Never pick up the keys and drive if you've had too much to drink. And if you're 21, drinking alcohol is against the law. Remember, alcohol is different. Let's all work
1: together to keep our roads and communities safe and have a winning season.
3: This message is brought to you by your local beer distributors and this station.
1: A world of opportunity is sitting here in the Pioneer Valley right in Hoyoke. Bringing together a variety of organizations, Passport Hoyoke helps you discover Hoyoke's varied treasures. With numerous events happening nearly every day, there's no reason to ever be bored. For a full list of events and member organizations, visit Passport Hoyoke on the web at www.passporthoyoke.org. Come discover the city of Hoyoke. For all the best in Americana, check out Roots & More Tuesday morning from 7 to 9. From blues, folk, and rock to Cajun, Zydeco, and alternative country, Roots & More brings you emerging artists, new releases, and older favorites. Tune in Tuesday morning from 7 to 9 on Valley Free Radio.
3: this is Wendy, host of Valley Free Radio's subculture music program featuring new wave, post-punk, indie, and electronic music from the 70s to today. Join me every Friday night from 8 to 10 p.m. here on WXOJ or stream it live from your favorite listening device at valleyfreeradio.org.
2: Table of Contents is a weekly music program that assembles an assortment
1: of songs and sounds of many genres and which may entail literally taking a random collection of musical sources off the shelf and giving them a turn on the table or spin in the CD or tape player. Each week presenting shows which can at times be organized orderly, and at other times perhaps be not as much so, yet never dull. Tune in Friday nights, 10 p.m. till midnight on WXOJ LP, Northampton 103.3 FM. And we're back with Valley Free Radio, uh, uh, civil politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. Uh, I'm still Michael Dow. Uh, I'm still here with uh, Sue and Johnra, and we're still talking with Hanuman Goldman. Hanuman,
2: yes. Hanuman, sorry. Yes, no, uh, yeah.
1: Who's a candidate for Ward 7 uh, on the Northampton City Council. Um, Ward 7, by the way, uh, is essentially uh, leads in a good chunk of Florence. Uh, and the primary election, because you're running against two other candidates for uh, uh, a slot on the final ballot in November. Preliminary election. But this is a preliminary election, and this is the only race in the Northampton where there's actually going to be a a preliminary election. That's correct. And that's going to be Tuesday, September 17th. That is correct. So uh, if you live in Ward
2: 7, please do vote. And Ward 7 is is North Farms Road uh, out to Haydenville over to Ryan Road. Mm. So it's that corner Of Northampton. That's where I live. Oh, my God, you could be my
0: city councilor. I'll have to, is that, I have to declare that as a conflict, right? Okay. (laughs) Anyway. Uh,
1: uh, Well, unlike John and myself, you actually have, like, a a stake. Because it's (laughs) actually your elected official. That's right.
0: East Hampton and Hadley. Uh, Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: So, so, uh, Hanuman, you're from... uh, uh, Williamsburg originally? Williamsburg. Local boy? Uh,
2: I, I grew up in Williamsburg and Haydenville. Yeah. Uh, on South Street in Williamsburg, which is what Audubon becomes.
1: Mm hmm. And uh, you've been here obviously a few years. Uh, so, and you're, you're the president uh, and founder of uh, Keystep Media?
2: That's correct. Yeah. Uh, 13 years ago, I started a publishing company and. Uh, my, my background is in uh, radio, actually. It's in uh, radio documentary. Oh, really? It uh, was my education. And, uh, and I started an audio publishing company. And that uh, quickly, that was before iPhones or uh, you know, the iPod had just come out maybe. And, uh, mm-hmm. and so uh, the audio world was a fascinating one to be in at that point. There, the access was, uh, was just growing by leaps and bounds. And um, and we also ebooks were happening. We were one of the first hundred uh, enhanced ebooks with with other media in them and mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, we started printing books and then we started making videos and doing uh, you know web uh, uh, web events. and um, and now it's 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 breaking off into so so we we focused mostly on uh, mindfulness, which is my own, uh, background for 30 years. I've been a mindfulness practitioner and uh, and also emotional mm-hmm. intelligence and uh, leadership competency development. And uh, those were the three pieces. And, and now uh, a branch of that is breaking off and focusing entirely on emotional intelligence uh, training.
1: And from that background you're now thinking uh, you're now looking to branch into politics for the first time this is your first time running for office or uh, uh either elected office or other kind of you know public job I, right
2: i did run for uh, treasurer in 10th grade in hampshire regional but uh, uh my friend uh, got it instead well i so. you know <laughs> hopefully you can wipe off the sting
1: of that defeat. Oh, by this I'm point. so happy for her still. <laughs> absolutely it's really true so uh so what led you to decide that now is the moment to throw your hat in the ring? Uh,
2: yeah. Uh there were a couple of things that came together uh for for that to to be true. One was the the political environment that I started seeing a few years back around the the last national elections and uh or, or I should say the last presidential elections. And mm-hmm. um
0: 2016. By that any is chance. correct. <laughs> that
2: is the year. And it just seems like everybody was starting to uh, be more deeply entrenched in their viewpoint and less and less able to communicate with one another. And we're hearing. I mean, when you listen to C-SPAN, you hear it all the time when you oh, listen to any of the, of the radio you hear that we are a more and more divided society. And it's just not true. We're actually all in this together. And so if we don't begin to uh, act like that, remember that, and uh, and work towards that, uh, towards actualizing that, towards thriving uh, within that paradigm, uh, then we are we lose our power in that. And it's only when people are uh, together that they are the strongest, and the people are the power in this country and uh it's it's through dividing people that we lose our power and so uh so i thought oh, get some some social some civil dialogue going on here we need to be able to disagree with each other we need to be able to have difficult conversations and not hate the other person we need to be able to to uh to have a, a space where where that can happen and so Uh, that's one of the things that I'm really interested in encouraging is getting, getting people together, having facilitated conversations and, uh, and giving people the opportunity to understand one another, uh, one another's viewpoints and, uh, and to talk. So
1: is that something you want to like start arranging through the city of Northampton to like set up like seminars or colloquia or something?
2: No, I don't think that's, that's really the place for a city councilor, but, uh, but I do feel that uh, that's something that I, I want to do uh, regardless of, of city council. But, so,
1: so what do you want to do as city councilors? Yeah, well, okay. so
2: city councilors uh, have a little bit more weight than, uh, than a regular uh, citizen. When, when, somebody, when they approach somebody uh, to have a dialogue, um, I'm just some schmo right now. If I was a a counselor, that might be taken a little bit more seriously. And it's not that that's an official uh, uh, usage of uh, the government, but I I do think that it behooves the entire city for people to be able to talk. And there are a lot of people, uh, particularly in Ward 7, I haven't knocked on doors outside Ward 7, but who feel like they haven't been heard and who feel like they don't have a a real voice and, uh, they just want to want to have a place where they can, uh, have those conversations and know that those conversations will be listened to. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead.
3: Okay. So, Let's let's talk about that for a second. So um, you want to create a space where people can have a dialogue and and disagree uh, without hating each other after, which I think is really good. Um, what if the conversation you're having is with like a proud boy?
2: Uh, I, I think there's a long conversation to be had there then. And, so, and someone that is
3: uh, neo-Nazi.
2: Still, we need to be talking to everybody. Okay,
3: so I'm saying, like, what if the person that and they represent that is something that you hate and you're and you're going into that? Yeah. So coming away from that, hating the person. How do you how do you deal with that dichotomy? Uh,
2: Well, this is a combination of uh, understanding uh, and emotional intelligence. So emotional intelligence is the idea that our emotions don't have to get in the way of our functioning. Uh, It doesn't mean ignore your emotions. Uh, It's actually the exact opposite. It means know your emotions. And uh, the more that we know our emotions, the less uh, control they have over our our moment-to-moment action, the less sway they have in in influencing our moment-to-moment action or reaction. And uh so that's one aspect of it. But another is uh the way that I understand the human condition is that things our beliefs are are uh memes. They're in the in the, the truest sense of the word, memetics, where uh ideas themselves replicate from person to person and uh things like racism uh, sexism, heterosexism, homophobia, all of these things are, uh, are, they live in us, but they are not us. Those things are not the person that they live in. So when I'm talking to somebody that I disagree with, it's not that I don't, I don't dislike them. I, I might dislike the ideas that they have, that they hold, but, but that doesn't mean that I have to hate that person. So uh, that understanding, I think, is really critical to having a conversation with somebody that that you disagree with.
1: So, um, yeah, oh, I, I, I think the degree of difficulty for that goes up uh, uh, significantly when the person you're disagreeing with uh, disagrees with the very idea that you're worth talking to yeah that's, what I, was
2: gonna mean, that's, that's yeah. what I was trying to think of yeah yeah um, well i i was assuming that you were both sitting in the same room with the understanding that you're going to have a conversation and which is the situation in a facilitated uh, conversation right yeah.
1: so so uh not talking to somebody at a trump rally
2: I think it's, uh, you need to be wise in communication.
0: <laughs> and okay. careful.
3: Yeah, I was, well, when you were talking about that, I was thinking about, like, uh, on the street or something, like, you run into someone or or uh, there was a counter-protest, but it's not, like, violent or anything. Like, there are two people that have strong opinions about things, trying to talk to the other person, talking to someone online, which um, I do a lot uh, because, personally, I feel that if you can't march or if you can't phone big or, yeah, and, like, I have to do something. So if I see someone, um, saying some, some, something weird online, then I try to, I try to talk to them. But if they are espousing beliefs that like maybe that I shouldn't exist, um, then, you know, it, it gets a bit harder.
2: Yeah. And I think at that point you have to, uh, choose your battles wisely. If you're, if you're talking to that person you're basically talking to a wall and that's not a very good use of your own energy there so uh, so we affect people uh people i should say people get deeply affected by uh specific moments that we when we hear something that resonates with us that we are open enough that we can hear it uh That's when there's an actual change. And I assume that that's the change that we're looking to see happen is the change deeply held beliefs within somebody. And so, and this actually, this, this gets to, to a a very logical kind of data driven approach is what is our goal? And, uh, and where are we now? Uh, what's the delta there? And what do we have to do to get to our goal? And and I think that we can be thoughtful and systematic about that I- in our conversations and as well, but we have to have that training.
1: So how do you plan to sort of put that into practice as a city councilor? Like what are the, you know, what do you see as like the priorities for the city council to pursue?
2: Yeah, so Ward 7 is an interesting case because there's a, uh, there are a lot of uh, old Hamp families in Ward Seven, and uh, a lot of uh, people who have moved in in the last few decades. And um, and it's not a never the twain shall meet situation at all. But uh, there are certainly a, a variety of viewpoints, and it's an amazing opportunity, I think, to uh, to develop a a culture of conversation and a culture of uh being able to, to talk to one another. So one of the things that, that is uh, important to me that I'd, I'd like to do if I'm elected is to uh, have regular public forums. And my thought on that is uh, so that there's real access, so that people know they can come and talk to me about what's important to them, uh, that I can hear from them, but also so that I can report on what I'm seeing, and and get feedback from uh, from the constituents about where they'd like to go. Um, I, th- I feel like the the city council is the most direct representation that we have in the government. It it is our our voice, and uh, and I love the idea of of that voice being uh, truly informed by the people that we're representing.
1: Well. Uh- That is an important part of representing. So (laughs) good plan. (laughs) So um, aside from having more public forums, is there a particular, what do you see as like a particular issue or goal for the city of Northampton? Like, I want to pursue blah. Uh,
2: So there are a couple of things. Um, One, I feel that as an uh, an entrepreneur, I started my business uh, in Northampton and it's been here the, the whole time. And, uh, as a new business owner, uh, I really didn't know what I was doing. I it was years of that. of messing <laughs> up and learning from screwing up, and then uh, uh, adjusting. I, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, <laughs> <fly>. right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah absolutely. And uh, and so I'd love to see some more municipal support of uh, of entrepreneurship. Municipal support of uh, new small businesses
1: like what kind of support
2: so um there are great networks that uh that you can look up on the on the northampton site and uh there's there are places like score or the uh, western massachusetts small business association the chamber of commerce um spark uh these things that are fantastic for uh their, their tools that that can help the entrepreneur but I, I think that there's a real opportunity here in the city to, uh, to bring all of those together and add more to the mix, to have uh, an actual uh, destination somehow, whether it's physical or virtual, that, uh, that can act as that support, that can be the resource for entrepreneurs. And uh, imagine, for instance, if you uh, start a business here and immediately you get the names of three uh, business owners that would have coffee with you and just hear what you're going through and uh, give you some uh, thoughts from their perspective. These sort of simple things that draw on the resources of this community, which are absolutely uh, extraordinary. The 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 people that we live with in this city yeah, are- Yeah,
0: the depth is amazing and you don't realize it until you, or unless you meet someone yeah. or you need someone and yeah. you go, oh my God, the- person that did that is living right here (laughs) exactly
2: yeah people have had these extraordinary lives and have so much to offer and uh and like i said there are some networks that are uh that are attempting that but i feel like the city there's an opportunity for the city to to really bring that all together so you
1: want the city to like like, like a hire, hire a new coordinator to put that together or organize workshops I I mean, it could look
2: a lot of different ways i know we used yeah. to have a career center at smith vogue that uh with the county government moved up to greenfield um but there there are i mean i i've been brainstorming a lot of different uh, possibilities with people whether it's a uh, incubator space uh, actual physical space that that uh that a new business or a small business can not It is lonely in.
0: sometimes when you start a business and you're not with other... You do it in your home, you yeah, know, and you, yeah. you work and you're behind off, and it would be nice to be around other people who were in the same... There's the social scenario.
2: element and the benefit of uh, the ideas mixing yeah. there, but there's also the really practical uh, rent element. Oh, the I was going to say, huge. like,
1: like the, if there's number one thing... Uh, that was specific to Northampton that led to me closing my comic book store, it was the fact that the rent is high. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it, right. it can be higher. There are other places where it would be higher. But, you know... Like,
0: it's hard if you don't have a lot of margin to play with. you you got to be yeah. really...
1: No, I mean, I'm looking to open <laughs> a new business in in Holyoke, and we've got, like, triple the footprint, and it's about wow. the same rent. So yeah. So, you know... And part of that's because Holyoke has been economically disadvantaged and, you know, pummeled by racism and prejudice for many decades. Nevertheless, you know, yeah. so like, like, do you have thoughts of? Oh, well, we've got to wrap up in a minute. But I mean, like, so is that something you you want to be working on, or? Well, I think uh, for... both
2: affordable housing and uh, affordable rents for businesses is really critical. Mm-hmm. This this also brings up uh, a point that I've been hearing a lot from people. Uh, in the in the local residents around uh, Prop Two and a Half override, that uh, there are some people who've been here for decades or generations that will be priced out of this city soon. Yeah, the house yeah. poor. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, that's something that I think is really critical for Northampton to address because all of us make this city as great as it is, and we really have to. Uh, to listen to all of the voices, when there's a pain point in the city, we have to actually listen to those those voices.
1: I, I agree. Property taxes are one of the ways in which a society, uh, 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 a city, winds up gentrifying itself. That's right. So, but we do need I to. Can't
0: believe to, we're out of time. To, <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, as you say, it flies. Yeah.
1: That was
2: really fun. Thanks, y'all. Oh,
1: good. <laughs> so, uh, thank you very much, uh, Hanuman. I'm getting it wrong. It's Everything. Hanuman.
2: It's Hanuman. Ah,
1: ah. Hanuman Goldman. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> Thank uh, you. Uh, candidate for, uh, City Council Ward 7 here in Northampton. The primary election is coming up on Tuesday, September 17th. So, uh, you know, turn out and vote if you live in that part of Florence or Leeds. And, uh, yeah, we'll have, uh, the final competitor, whose name I forget, but she'll... Be- Rachel Mayori. <laughs> right. She'll be here next week so we can, uh, you can, you can see what you think of her too. So, uh, We're going to wrap it up here. We've got Subculture coming up next, followed by Table of Contents and then OK Asia at Midnight. Uh, That's a nice solid block of new music shows. And then a couple of repeats starting at 2 a.m. with Drum and Bass and DJ Fife and then uh, Darkwave. So uh, podcast of the show is going to be uploaded to all the various podcasting services later in the week, hopefully on the weekend. And uh, we are still repeating Mondays at 4 p.m., so uh, you can listen to us again, or right now if it's Monday. Anyway, um, that's going to do it for Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio. Thanks for listening. Good night. This show is part of the Planetside Productions Network. For more information, please visit www.planetside.pro. And thank you for listening.